Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes. completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started brian curtis is the founder and ceo of decentralized systems after working in the electrical industry for 25 years he has experienced a variety of breakdowns within various work environments and all of them rooted in breakdowns in communication and in the interview we talk about how that led him to create a software solution to fix communication breakdowns and Brian shared how any corporate group behaves like a larger organism and we speak uh, we also spoke about the transition from working in a big company to starting your own thing and how that requires you to stop being anonymous and to become comfortable with being in the limelight Hi Brian, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. To begin with, uh, why don't you start with uh, sharing a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Brian Curtis. I'm the founder of Decentralized Systems. I started this company earlier this year because I saw a lot of dysfunction in groups, and I it wasn't really as much part of personal dysfunction. It had more to do with the way the groups were structured. and it didn't really ra- allow personal growth within groups and so the groups themselves would break down and information would travel very well and people wouldn't communicate very well so i i decided i wanted to create a decentralized community and then after looking at building a decentralized community it didn't make sense to have a separated decentralized community the objective is for everybody to have access to becoming part of organic group growth so we decided to just go uh, build software so that hmm. you could apply the software to any size group it doesn't matter if it's a community or a business or an event club basically any organized group could use the software to decentralize the decision making process so that everybody's a part of it and everybody's learning from every decision made that's one negative aspect of having centralized decision makers where 
they're making decisions for the whole group. And a lot of times, most people that aren't involved with those decisions aren't learning from all the information that's being gathered in the group. So there's a lot of benefits to decentralizing the decision-making process. Yeah, yeah. And can you share a little bit about your background and how did you came to this, right, this view of an organization or any system or community? Sure. I graduated from high school in 93 and I had a good, good friend in high school where we experimented with chemistry quite a bit in high school. And uh, so I, I went into chemistry in college and after a couple of years of chemical engineering degree, I decided that it just wasn't for me. I didn't want to be in a lab working by myself or just working with a small group of people. I enjoyed community and I enjoyed and always enjoyed working with as many people as possible. So we had a friend uh, after I got out of college who was running an electrical business. And so I just went to work for them. And for the last 25 years, up until last year, I worked in the electrical industry. I worked in construction and different sized companies for about 15 years. And then I went into the public sector and worked for a public utility for 10 years. And in every single one of those businesses, I experienced some problems with the way people interacted, like I said. And I knew, I noticed there was a lot of opportunity for improvement, even in groups that I had run, I'd run in, uh, organizations where I was running up to 40 or 50 people. I knew that when you're, when you have that many people working for you, you come to understand that you're working for them, right? You just become a servicer for all those people. And uh, the more people you have working for you, the harder you work. <laughs> That's not a hard one to figure out. You just, you're in service to all those people because they're actually controlling the work and you just have to provide, I mean, you might have to provide tools, information, mostly it's information in order for them to do their jobs. So I wanted to create a system where everybody could work together and it would bypass a lot of meetings. It takes away from time for the group and it creates a block. If something happens out there in the field or uh, if something comes up, it's really hard to get a hold of somebody in a meeting. If you're all just working together and if, even if it's not remotely, it's a lot easier for people just to formulate ideas outside of a meeting and you could spend 10 minutes a day on an app and move an idea forward instead of having to constantly create larger and larger meetings for larger and larger groups. And it just gets, it just gets taxing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And can you share one or one or more of those uh, examples or if something happened where you realized that uh, this needs to be done in a different way or that you can add value uh, to this process? Yeah, I mean, it happened on a daily basis, I think, especially if you're working, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of organization you're working in. If you come across a safety concern or even if it's just a small concern, you might run into, oh, hey, this valve here looks like it could use a, a tag on it. Well, if the people involved with that process are involved in meetings somewhere, a lot of times if you don't write something down and you don't have ready some kind of system where you can at least input an idea and you have to get a hold of somebody remotely, oh. then a lot of times it just falls into a bucket. You don't, there's no ability to track it in a group setting and there is, and most businesses provide something like that. But what happens is there's this slow disengagement of the employee over a long period of time. 
when, if they run into any kind of resistance at all, as far as moving ideas forward, well, let's say you had, everybody's different. So there's lots of different relationships out there. And if the relationships have started to break down at all, they, people just say, well, it's not worth my time to even bring this up. The decentralized process has more to do with the efficiency of creating better relationships than it does even information because information only travels when the relationships are in a growth cycle. When they start to retract, information stops moving pretty much. Being 25 years in an industry is quite different from starting your own company, building software, which is, I imagine is new to you. So can you share that? transition, like from working in a company to now setting something on your own? How has that transition been? Anything which has specifically played a role there? Yeah. The biggest transition is when you're working in any kind of business, you're in a kind of a state of anonymity, right? You're, you're not really interacting with the public that much. You're interacting with the people you work with all the time, but you don't really interact with the public that much. And you flip that role completely when you start your own mm -hmm. company. You have to put yourself out there and say, hey, this is what I've got. This is who I am. And uh, it's a totally different process. You become a promoter of yourself and then you're creating new relationships constantly on the outside. You're, it's, a, it's a much different process. Yeah. yeah. And what, what made you choose this path? What made you choose to go out on your own, start your company? And then what do you find most challenging right now? Like you said in, in January, you started, so all, almost eight to nine months. Yeah, my biggest passion is relationships, people growing and growing closer to each other. That's what I saw in a lot of businesses where people just grow apart and they separate for whatever reason. That was my, obviously my biggest passion in there. And that's my passion moving forward. The educational material that I'm building on bcurtis.org, which hopefully that site will be up here within a couple of weeks. I have still have quite a bit of content to create and get the website up and running. But it focuses on relationships, how the world works around us and how we're all part of basically the same growing organism. And that organism works better when our relationships work better and we're growing closer. When we're COVID pulled us apart and we saw that, I think we're seeing the after effects of that. When people become more and more separated, our information network breaks down, our relationships break down and the less time we spend around one another, our relationships suffer for it. So. That, that has always been my passion moving forward. And I saw a lot of relationships grow closer because of things that happened. I can give you one example. And this is a, uh, an example that happened to some people that I worked with. We had went through a breaker explosion where quite a few of the, my coworkers got injured pretty severely. And it happened because uh, communication was broke down and relationships broke down. And after that incident, the relationships actually got better because people realized how important they were to each other. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes an accident before people realized how important they are to one another. And so that was, that's one of the, I could say that was a, a big milestone for me realizing how important that was and to make sure that people realized that if they need to prioritize relationships first and then the work comes, the work will naturally come second. But if you prioritize those relationships first, then everything else gets a lot better. 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing about that incident. And yes, sometimes it takes a crisis to reveal something or to make something present what people already know on a deeper level. So as you as you take your passion forward of putting relationships before work, but also in a way that works also improves because of that. How do you communicate this this idea? How do you communicate this with people or businesses who are still stuck in a traditional mindset or who are still like very focused on work, but not on the people who do the work? What has been your experience so far in communicating this to the world outside? I'm still in that process. So as soon as I get the educational material out and I start getting into the public, I think, I think the feedback is going to be good because the, I'm able to show, and I haven't seen this anywhere else where a, a larger organism works exactly like a smaller organism and a larger organism only works as well as the relationships inside. There's a lot of, uh, different programs out there to make the work better and, and, um, in businesses. Lean is an example. There's half a dozen programs like Lean out there that focus on breaking down a system and then having everybody look at it and say, what is the most efficient way to do this? And then move those ideas forward as a group. But it doesn't really focus on the relationships in the group first in order for those people to work together to mm. make sure they're making group decisions in that system. I think I'm able to show why the relationships, because a bigger group has an emotional body and a mental body, just like it, you and I do. We have an emotional body that's impacted by our mental body and vice versa. They, they work in tandem and a bigger group has that. And unless you create some systems or some tools to evolve the emotional body of that group, hmm. then it doesn't matter what kind of program you put in place. It's just not going to work. It, I, I've witnessed it. And, several work environments, you can put in whatever kind of continuing as improvement program you want, but it's just not going to be successful unless you're increasing the relationship value of that group. So, yeah. And how do you say, if you show this to organizations, how do you show this? Do you do a demo or is there a process which you have? Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Basically just break down the, your, the human organism. You have a you have different parts of your body that work in tandem. Organizations are built like a tree. If you look at them, it's pretty commonly understood in the business world that bigger groups organize themselves like a regular organism, like a tree, because it's just acting as a conductor product to consumer. And a, a tree, I'll take a tree as an example, is decentralized in its decision-making. And you're looking at a cardiovascular circuit of, of an organism. You've got a heart in the middle, and then you've got everything works from the outside in, and it's got different groups that all interact to make sure that it's working as a whole. Like if something impacts your kidneys, your whole body's affected. What's happening in business right now or any organized group, doesn't matter if you could be talking about a community, is that when one thing impacts one group, it's not impacting the whole. And the reason is because there's no, there's no nervous system to that group. You're looking at a cardiovascular system and in the past five years, you've got some employee engagement software that has tried to assess that issue, but they don't have the decentralized decision-making or the brain. They've got an information network and they've got people that can talk to each other and make sure that hopefully somebody's interacting. But every time you're trying to bend the ear of someone else that's separate, can easily overrule that input in the system. And so it, it doesn't function like your body does. Your brain is sampling different parts of your body constantly to make decisions. 
And if it ignores one part of your body, then that part of your body starts to atrophy and die, right? Let's say if your brain started to ignore your arm, your arm would just lay there, just start to atrophy and die. So in the past, we've never had a decentralized decision maker in any groove really in society. And I think that's why you see society suffer a lot of times. You'll see smaller groups are controlling larger groups. And so parts of the community atrophy just because there's, they're not part of that decision-making process to make that community grow as a whole organism. Yeah. So what is your vision? Where are you headed? Let's say a few years down the line, what is it that you want to change or create with your organization? Yeah, I would just like to see it reach as many people as possible. And obviously as many people as possible that we that are connected as a whole, that we're starting to grow organically, I think is is the best possible outcome. Conflict mm-hmm. is our biggest problem, right? We see conflicts all over the place. You conflict in families and then you get into larger groups and you conflicts between smaller groups that are conflicted against each other. And then we have countries that are in conflict. It's not necessary. I don't think anybody wants to be in a state of conflict. So any system that we can put in place where we get out of that state of conflict, all you have to do is start the growing cycle. Conflict is a negative growing cycle where you're you're growing apart. You just have to overcome that negative growing cycle. I see that you have a big vision, like relationships and conflicts are like across societies, countries, nations, geographies. So what is the biggest challenge that you face as you like move towards creating or bringing this vision to reality? Biggest challenge is bringing a new idea in, educating people to see, hey, this is a better way. We don't have to keep doing things the way we have been doing them. Anytime you have a smaller group controlling a larger group, it enables special interest groups to control a larger group. I think special interest groups will learn by adopting a new system. There's actually a lot more opportunity for growth. You don't have to control the larger group. There's, yeah, there's just a lot of education that, ha- that needs to happen in order to get people to start growing together. If it's in our best interest for people to grow together and not create conflict. Yeah, yeah. And what's what's your plan or to like to bring that education? Because we're talking about like a massive market or a massive opportunity, but also those people might be entrenched in their own ideas. So you have to present your ideas in a way that doesn't make them defensive and actually moves the conversation forward, right? What's your plan? What how do you plan to bridge this gap in education or awareness? I think the well, what the objective is just to get the system or software, call it whatever you want, but as long as you apply it to as many small groups as possible and people just see the benefits and working together takes the weight off of a centralized decision maker, then I think as long as you put in as many small groups as possible, then it starts moving into larger and larger groups. I don't, there's no way that I could just sell it to a country. It's just not going to happen. But if you get enough smaller groups, that are working together and then it starts moving and moving. Information travels. If people, something works and is very successful for communities, then it'll, I'm not too worried about trying to make, create a big campaign for a bunch of big enterprise clients. You got to start small and just work with people and show them the benefits of 
just working underneath a new system. Yeah, yeah. So I see that you are quite passionate about that. You've also taken a big step in your career, in your life, by actually like leaving your industry and then starting something from scratch. And as you meet people, as you move forward with your passion, is there something which people get wrong about you or misunderstand about you? And how do you deal with that? Oh yeah, people are misunderstood all the time. Yeah, I'm not too worried about people that misunderstand me. In the long term, my my objectives are genuine and I just want to get the idea out there and allow everybody to make adjustments to it. The system or the idea that I'm promoting is that anybody's one idea is just that. If you can hmm. plug it into a big group and let everybody work on it and make that idea better, that's the best possible outcome. Then we all grow together hmm. off of ideas. Okay. So yeah. I, I'm not too worried about being misunderstood. There's always going to be people that misunderstand you and think that you're trying to take something away from them, or maybe you're upset with them. I'm not really upset with anybody, but yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so just to shake things a little bit, right? I have this question, right? If you could wake up tomorrow having any new ability, what would that ability be? New ability? Yeah, any new skill or ability. It's a good one. Well, you always have conversations like that. Your friends ask you, would you rather be in, would you ever rather be invisible or would you rather be able to fly? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. The ability would be maybe telepathic marketing where I could throw my idea out there to 20,000 people at a time and say, hey, there's a guy that needed, has this great idea that wants to, that wants to tell me about it. Like telepathic marketing. Well, yeah, we'll go with that one. <laughs> yeah, I think getting people to listen to what you want to say. That's, that's the superpower we all want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. And uh, like, what do you feel most grateful in, in your life before before we end? I want to just speak about anything else in your life which you want to, which completes you as a person, which you want to. I have to say I'm grateful for just about every experience that I've had in my lifetime because it, it's shaped who I am. So without any of those experiences, it, especially the relationships growing up and the people I've met, even the people I've met just since starting this business and coaching groups. I'm just grateful for all, everyone that I've met. Yeah. And it's all the people and that's not, and the things that we've gone through together. Sometimes you could say that they're negative or they're failures, but every failure is actually just a stepping stone in growth. You don't, nobody grows without failures. And well, it, what we conceive as failures are actually tell us more about ourselves in order for us to keep moving forward. So I think I'm grateful for all those experiences. It doesn't matter what it is. It's and the people that I've known. Yeah. And I'm grateful for being here with you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brian, for sharing that perspective about failure. I think this is a very useful one. And I myself remind myself a lot that sometimes you are moving away from where you want to go, but you're still, you still can be on the right path. I give an example of, I live in Amsterdam and I love the mountains. So I often travel to the mountains, but in the mountains, you have these winding roads, like the curves. And many times on those curves, you are actually facing towards Amsterdam. So I'm not facing towards where I want to go, but it's all connected. It's part of the, part of the journey. But if I call that a failure, then I'm only coming in my own way. So I think failure, as long as we learn from it, is part of the journey of reaching wherever you want to go. And so thank you for sharing that. That always puts uh, puts it into perspective. I think nothing is a failure unless you make it a failure. 
Yeah, it's only a failure if you give up. If you say, oh, I didn't make it, and then you just say, well, that wasn't for me, then it was a failure. But it's if you just keep moving forward, then there really isn't any failures out there. There's only Mm -hmm. just learning experiences. Wonderful. So before we wrap up, before we finish, for anybody who is listening, where can they find out more about you or what you're trying to do with your idea? You can visit our website at decentralizedsystems.net or you can get a hold of me personally at bcurtis at bcurtis.org. I should have the website open at bcurtis.org here within this month at the latest, probably the 20th of September, I would think. So yeah, I, and I love hearing from new people and meeting new people. So anybody who wants to get a hold of me can is welcome to do that. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian, for sharing your thoughts. I will put your website and your email with the show notes so that people can find you. And hopefully by the time this episode is released, I think it will be a couple of weeks. Your website will be live by then. So I will also put that in. Thank you. Thank you for your time and sharing your opinions and thoughts. Thanks, Emma. I had a wonderful time with you. Excellent. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.